Searchlight Rainbow Conversations with Tony and Jasper on Bay FM 100.3. Good evening and welcome to Searchlight Rainbow Conversations right here on Bay FM 100.3. I'm Tony. And I'm Jasper. And on tonight's program, we're discussing domestic violence that is happening in Australia right now. As May is Domestic Violence, Domestic and Family Violence Prevention Month, and on the 28th of May, it's LGBTQ Domestic Violence Awareness Day. Tonight we're going to talk about why there is an entire month dedicated to domestic violence awareness through the alarming statistics that as a society and as a country we are living with minute by minute. In fact, the police get called out to a domestic violence situation on average every two minutes. So before we are finished with tonight's program, about 60 homes are getting visits by the police for a domestic violence. This evening we will be talking with Alison Wicks, who is the CEO of the Redland Community Centre, and we'll be discussing what the centre does for our local community and run through an extensive list of organisations that can help if you or someone you know is in an abusive relationship. It's going to be a very intense program this evening, but is an incredibly important conversation because the statistics are getting worse. And if we as a society don't talk about it, it's just going to keep getting worse. And I think we can do better. That's um, the important thing. Yeah, we can we can talk about it, we can learn, and we can um, hopefully move forward. Absolutely. And it's going to be a very important conversation this evening. So stay with us. We are going to have a really enlightening and important discussion this evening mm. okay well we're going to have our first song and a couple of sponsors and then we're going to run through some of these statistics before we have the sponsors i'll just let you know that if you would like to get involved with the conversation this evening you can send us a message via the sms line which is 0468861003 you can remain anonymous let us know comments feedback personal stories, whatever information you would like to share, we can um, include it in tonight's program. Great idea. We'll be right back on Rainbow Conversations on Bay FM 100.3. Searchlight Rainbow Conversations with Tony and Jasper on Bay FM 100.3. Hello, I'm Sharon, President of Bay FM. Domestic violence. Are we willing to accept it? Domestic and family violence impacts us all. Wives, husbands, children, families, neighbours and communities. Entire communities. In an emergency, please always contact triple zero. But if you're aware of any potential situations, there are other agencies who can assist. DV Connect provides telephone crisis counselling, interpreter services for those whose English is a second language, safety planning and referrals to crisis accommodation in Queensland. Their phones are manned 24-7. The number is 1-800-811-811. The Quentin Bryce Inquiry says, not now, not ever, never say no to domestic violence. And with small steps, we can end the terror at home. 
Another community service message from Bay FM, the heart and soul of the Bay. Searchlight Rainbow Conversations with Tony and Jasper on Bay FM 100.3. You are listening to Searchlight Rainbow Conversations right here on Bay FM. And before we dive into some of the statistics about domestic violence in Australia that we are pretty sure is going to make your jaw drop, we just want to give a trigger warning on tonight's discussion. It is a very real look at the reality of what is going on. And if you're a survivor of domestic violence, you might be triggered by tonight's conversation. If you are in an unsafe situation right now, please call triple zero. We are going to talk about a lot of other organisations that can help in other respects later. But, um, you know, the police are an ally to domestic violence. Tonight, we will not be going through graphic details of abuse. We will not be blaming anyone for the statistics that we are about to run through. But we are going to talk about the several aspects of abuse from all different points of view in hopes to shine a light on this topic. And uh, that is often deemed pretty much just too hard to discuss. That's why Searchlight Rainbow Conversations is here to discuss the things that some people out there just want to avoid. Jazz and I would like to say that we are not experts in this field and we are on a journey of discovery and we invite every single listener, yes you, to come on this journey of discovery with us. Domestic violence is defined as violent or aggressive behaviour within the home typically involving a violent, a violent abuse of a spouse or partner, but does not always involve physical violence. It can include coercive control, and we will talk more about that later because that's a very hot topic, social, financial, physiological, or technological facilitated abuse, which all might sound a bit strange, but we are um, going to break those down a bit later on. Often this is accompanied by threats of physical violence used to cause fear. Now, a couple of weeks ago, when we were researching for this, we knew, before we started the research, we knew that domestic violence and family abuse was really terrible and happening uh, in society, but we did not realise how bad the situation is and that the term a domestic violence crisis was exactly what we are actually going through in this country right now and globally, in fact. You might have heard uh, some of the domestic violence campaigns on Bay FM. We've already played one of them this evening. Yes. Uh, they're recorded by Sharon, the president of the station, who is very vocal on this subject, saying that domestic violence affects us all. Entire communities is the wording she uses. And I've heard that lots of times, and it's only really started to sink in when doing research for tonight. Domestic violence is not just about the people suffering the multiple forms of abuse but it's also the strain on the healthcare system the police person power that is used to sort the issues out and the various other groups that are helping um, those who are affected and fighting to prevent domestic violence from happening right now in australia around three million people are being affected by domestic violence and at least one person per week dies on the front line of this crisis. 
And tonight's program is dedicated to the survivors that are still with us and those we have lost at the hands of this crisis. The reported statistics tell us that the police are called out to domestic violence situations on average 650 times per day, Australia-wide. And can I just break that down and tell you that that is um, 159, uh, 157, um, sorry, 197 per day in Queensland. In the um, 197 per day in Queensland. Yes, we are the second highest state after Victoria. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, just this topic. It's um, it really ooh, it gets me. Okay. Approximately 40 percent of those callouts involve children. 95 percent of reported domestic violence are perpetrated by men. And we are not saying at all that abuse is a male problem. Just that's not what we're saying. However, you've got to look at the numbers and the numbers don't lie. Since the age of 15, one in three women have experienced physical violence. And one in four women have experienced emotional abuse. One in five women have experienced sexual violence. And one in six women have experienced stalking. Australian women are four times more likely to be hospitalised than men from domestic violence. And Australian women are three times more likely than men to experience domestic violence from an intimate partner. And the shocking and utterly terrifying statistic that if you are an Australian woman... You are safer walking home alone at night than you are in your own home. (sighs) It really breaks the mould of carrying your car keys in your hand when you to to protect yourself when you feel that the danger is at home. Every time I read that, I just get full Mm. goosebumps and. Then add the fact that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander women are 32% times more likely to be hospitalised due to family violence than non-Indigenous women. 32 times more likely. Mm -hmm. Okay, yep. Yep. And it was at this point in the research that, um, to be honest, I had to take a moment and really think about how incredibly enraged I was by these statistics. And I just didn't know of it before. I had to walk away. I had to go into the spare room. I just screamed into a pillow for a good 10 minutes and then I came back into it. But I just didn't know how important this conversation was. No, it's... um until you start scratching the surface or for those people actually working in this field who are on the front line, they know about it. We just walked around oblivious, not, not realising how, how bad it was and not understanding, you know, what when Sharon says it affects us all, it does. It really does. Yeah. And the statistics we've been talking about are only the reported numbers. Men are far less likely to report domestic abuse due to several reasons, possibly such as social pressures, 
but one in 19 Australian men have experienced physical abuse at the hands of a current or former partner. And these statistics also do not cover people who are constantly living in fear and simply do not have access to services that can assist them because they're watched, they're monitored, and they don't have access to a phone, so they can't let anyone know that they need help. And it also doesn't cover uh, people in very remote areas. Like if your local policeman is 100 kilometres away, Mm -hmm. your options are limited to say the best. And they also do not cover people that have a large language barrier. Recently in Victoria, there was a cluster of women that were suffering in domestic violence situations, and English was their second language. Unfortunately for these women, assistance was so difficult to obtain that the only way they could see to get out of the situation that they were in, unfortunately, was to commit suicide. And that's... It's unacceptable in 2021 and then when you get to the lgbtqip plus communities or as we lovingly call it here on the rainbow conversations the rainbow community rolls off the tongue a bit easier as we have talked about in past episodes until quite recently the rainbow community and the police did not have a good relationship and unfortunately that stigma still exists for a lot of people so in their minds going to the police for help or reporting an abuser is just not a realistic option. But reports have shown that between 50 and 60% of the rainbow community is suffering some form of abuse, domestic violence, family violence in their lifetime. And all these statistics that we've talked about tonight are from informed collections of several sources. Some of them aren't 2021 current, so they've, they've come a few years old. Uh, before the went. The world went into isolation and lockdown during the COVID pandemic. And from what we've learned, the pandemic has increased all of these devastating statistics. So we as a household, we as a community, and as a nation, we need to talk about this topic. We all need to know how bad the situation is. It is only through educating ourselves and others around us we can get ahead of these terrifying numbers because domestic violence is not a singular problem. As more and more people are suffering, the suicide statistics are increasing. The people suffering from mental health issues increases. The people turning to substance abuse increases and it spills over into other several serious issues that literally not only costs us beautiful people but costs costs us as a country billions of dollars with the federal government spending an estimated 4.1 billion dollars on domestic violence prevention groups per year. So as you can see this is a serious conversation and we're going to continue it um, in a moment with Alison who's the CEO of the Redlands Community Centre and we're going to talk about what they do, services they provide in the local community and 
dive deeper into um, what that some of the statistics actually mean, especially right here in our own backyard. Absolutely. So we'll be right back on Rainbow Conversations on Bay FM 100.3. Searchlight Rainbow Conversations with Tony and Jasper on Bay FM 100.3. Hello, I'm Sharon, President of Bay FM. Domestic violence. Are we willing to accept it? Domestic and family violence impacts us all. Wives, husbands, children, families, neighbours and communities. Entire communities. In an emergency, please always contact triple zero. But if you're aware of any potential situations, there are other agencies who can assist. There is an Aboriginal Family Domestic Violence Hotline offering victim services for Aboriginal victims of crime and domestic violence with access to counselling and financial assistance. Contact them on 1-800-019-123. The Quentin Bryce Inquiry says, Not now, not ever, never say no to domestic violence. And with small steps, we can end the terror at home. Another community service message from Bay FM, the heart and soul of the Bay. Searchlight on Bay FM 100.3. Connect with us by SMS on 0468861003. And welcome back to Searchlight Rainbow Conversations. We're joined now by Alison Wicks, from, who's the CEO from the Redlands um, Community Centre. If we go, I didn't have it right in front of me. I'm too much in my brain right now. Thanks for joining us, Alison. Thank you for inviting me along. It's a pleasure to um, come tonight, have this conversation with you. That's a really important one. Um, but, yeah, provide more information to the community about what we can do and what we've been doing. So look forward to it. It's um, it's an interesting topic. It's very, very rich with uh, layers and different hurdles that we've um, we've got to go through with getting um, the, the vast scope of it Um understood and so we can talk about it drag it out into the light and um and you know look at all the aspects of it remove some of the stigma Mm. and part of that um what we spoke a little bit earlier is there's all people have this image in their head when you say what is domestic violence and there's this very long-grained idea that it's this housewife who's been beaten by her husband normally because he's been drinking and she's wearing big oversized sunnies to hide the bruises and just going, oh, it's nothing, I just ran into a doorframe. And it's, it's portrayed in TV, movies, and it's, that's what people think of when they talk about domestic violence. It's a terrible stereotype. It is, and that's definitely, there are people who experience exactly that, but it is, like a lot of things we talk about on Rainbow Conversations, it's a spectrum of itself. There's... The layers we we spoke about all these different kinds of control and abuse and violence that are varied and often start off very subtle and build up over time um, during the the sort of preamble conversations we've had with many different people in the community here researching tonight. Several people have asked me, "Oh, so you've been affected by domestic violence? That's why you you're going out and." dedicating an entire talk program to it and I went no I've never been personally affected by domestic violence and then reading through all these descriptions of what it is I've never experienced it at home 
But in my apprenticeship, I worked in a kitchen that the the head chef used every single one of these abusive behaviours towards almost every single person on staff. And so I was really going, okay, well, yep, yep, physical abuse, emotional, it's all it's all there. And then I went, okay, so I guarantee he did not go home and then was a lovely, happy father. He was you know, married with kids and I just go, well, he was probably a prime candidate for being in domestic violence. Um, and I think that's something we can talk about later is the prevention is all about people talking about it, knowing, identifying what is domestic violence and if everyone knows what it is and can call it out and access the support services, of which there's a lot, mm. and we're going to talk about more of them as we go, um, that's probably a, a good way forward. Absolutely. But, so Alison, on a daily basis, what is it that the Redlands Community Centre does? Well, look, specifically for the, the DV clients, um, the centre is not a funded um, specialist DV uh, centre for the people of Redlands. However, we do cater for what we see as, as the gap in case management of domestic and family violence um, people who enter our centre. So we're an inclusive service. We um, assist clients presenting in DV across a range of different programs, so homelessness, counselling, emergency relief. We also help them with financial, financial counselling as well. What we're seeing is is what you've mentioned, um, Jasper, in relation to that stereotype of the um, 1960s housewife with the big glasses on presenting as the mm. DV image. That's certainly not what we're seeing um, as today. And the psychological damage that is caused in a DV relationship is sometimes, and the feedback that we're given is sometimes much, much worse than the physical incident. Mm. And that physical incident um, in the last two weeks is now something that is a crisis response measure for the specialist DV services in Redlands to assist people, which again presents a big gap because there's lots of people presenting to us that don't fall into that category, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean to say that they are not worthy of assistance and not in high need of assistance. And we try very best to, to look after them and we're looking at um, developing a program, um, DFV Assist, which will facilitate that case management um, of those clients that don't fall under the category of that uh, crisis response. Because a lot of people aren't aware that if, if, unless they're actually being physically hit, they, they go, well, I'm not, I'm not experiencing domestic violence. I'm just don't have a, access to a phone and I don't have the right to leave the house. And it's like, well, yeah, that's that's it. That's pretty uh, what we would now be calling textbook uh, domestic violence. Look, that's right. That's absolutely correct. So the Not Now, Not Ever report mm -hmm. um, that was um, delivered by the government uh, certainly and clearly states that it is not just a physical incident, it is also a psychological. And DV uh, is... is different for everyone. There is no um, one, I guess, case or particular incident that um, delivers a, a DV client. It, it can come from many different factors and across many different years. So it's, it's different for everyone. And I think everyone needs to be listened to uh, mm -hmm. for their particular issues. And in bringing this out into the open, it's a good platform for all of us to become more aware of what DV is for each and every individual, not just what we perceive it to be. Yeah, it's 
it's a very widespread problem um, and we went over the statistics before on how many people are, are being affected, the three million people in Australia right now and the police getting called out every every two minutes. Um, I guess it's, you know, what do, what do you think we need to look at locally to, to move the conversation forward? Well, I think when you I, to solve a problem, you you kind of have to know what the issues are um, to to provide the solution. So when you look back over the last thirty years and you look at what has been delivered as the responses to DV in early intervention, which hasn't been um, a whole lot to be honest, and now we look at those responses, those crisis responses to um, survivors that present. So we're looking at counselling and we're looking at relocation out of the area for safety reasons and then we're looking at providing refuge and building that person's life. What we have seen in direct feedback from a number of our clients states that the fear of the unknown, the fear of the pathway forward, because let's not forget that these and typically women um, are controlled to the point that they don't have vision over their finances. They don't know what um, they have to do to even connect with a welfare payment or a job or anything else. And that's not all cases, but it's a vast majority of cases. So when you look at that, the fear of the unknown is worse than the fear of the relationship. And isn't that a scary thought? And that is that is direct feedback from a client that we've managed. And I think building those skills for people across um, weeks or months or however long it needs to be for that particular client is so important because I believe and I think the the centre's approach is that we work with the clients in their time mm. to develop their skills and their awareness around what is available in supports, what is available for them as an income, what a tenancy looks like, working with them to develop budgets and work their finances out, painting a roadmap for them of what their future may look like if they made that brave decision to leave that relationship, but not at the point of crisis at the point that they choose to leave. So again, mm. empowering that person to make a decision on their own time and in their own time. And that decision can then be a more informed decision. They actually know what's ahead of them and not at the point of a crisis assault and then rushed off to CBD and then rushed off to a refuge in far north Queensland or Toowoomba. Mm. So looking back, um, I don't think that it has been a, a good response. Um, that's my personal opinion, because when I look forward, I'm seeing the cases increase. And that's a good measure that what we're doing hasn't been working. And we probably need to look at something that's different. Are these cases increasing before we hit 2020 with COVID? So because you've been in this role since 2016? That's correct. So we've, we've, Southeast Queensland has always been Unfortunately, quite a leader in DV. Um, Australia wide. Southeast Queensland has. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so Queensland and Southeast Queensland has been the leader So in, in our particular region. So with that, um, we've looked at sort of steadily increasing cases. When COVID hit, uh, the cases declined. Um, mm. And I think you have to apply a little bit of common sense to that. So th the cases means less people Presenting. reaching out for yep. support. And so that doesn't mean they're not being victims or, or not experiencing domestic violence. They are just not 
accessing services. And I think that's what you've got to be really careful um, of is is looking at statistics. And anyone who knows mm. me at the centre knows that I love statistics. Uh, but looking, <laughs> but looking at statistics purely to guide you as a measure of what is occurring in your community needs to be balanced by the coalface. Mm-hmm. So service delivery of what you're actually seeing in the community. Now, what we've seen is um, a steady increase since 2016. But as COVID hit, we looked at a decrease of presentations because there was lockdown. People weren't able to come out. They were then faced, the the victims at that point, were then faced with having to live with their perpetrators for an unknown or an extended period of time. So they didn't have the availability to, oh, I'm just popping out to do the shopping. Mm. Well, I have heard that there's even, I don't know if it's in Queensland here, but I know in other states in Australia there's domestic violence counselling areas in shopping centres so that that people can go there and discreetly go in and um, get help without triggering a warning because um, one of the one of the points we um, we bring up often is how technology helps or improves or sometimes has detrimental uh, impacts in different topics so we talked about you know we've had episodes on coming out and HIV and all the different ways that technology has changed that landscape and we had a discussion about technology and went okay well has technology helped people impacted by domestic violence and obviously that the first thing that sprung to mind was oh it'll be helpful because you can have a phone so you can record if if you're being verbally abused as as evidence or you can um you know access help Mm -hmm. find out find out services easier and then i found out all the different things about tracking software and spy software and um cloning software and just the 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 people who are the the perpetrators of, of domestic violence being able to um you know post videos and monitor internet using and um, you know, track people's movements. Um, one of the really confronting things on a lot of the the websites for the um, domestic violence help, they have the um, quick exit button, which I is that with a quick e- yeah. fast fast exit. Yes. I didn't I didn't was like oh I don't you know, know what that is and um, and you were explaining to me that it's actually it it actually removes your your search history to to um, I guess prevent the the perpetrator mm. from knowing where you've been so it is it's a high risk for um i guess victims to be searching in their own home on their mm. pc or or on their phone um services that they can connect with i i really love the idea of having having those in um shopping mall mm. um access points as as we like to call them and that is why i i think that Redland Community Centre um, is is a community hub and that's mm. how it's built so that there is no one access point. So you can come to one of our groups and activities and then just sort of say to someone, I really need some help, I'm in a DV situation. Okay. So it provides a really soft entry for people to build their confidence in the service, which is a huge thing, as you can imagine. Mm. So you've just been in a relationship with a very controlling person for the last 10 or 12 or however many years, and now all of a sudden you've got to be brave enough to ask for help. Mm. That's a huge part. And I guess if you're going somewhere that's, you know, it's called a domestic violence crisis centre, it's all very confronting. But if you're just going to a, a community hub and you're then 
you know, you can gently break break into it. Yes. Or just pop into the shops. That's well, right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, because yep. it, it, I guess that's making that first contact um, is is the hard bit. Well, like you said, basically you said the people in these really severe situations, it's better the devil you know. Uh, you, you're better off staying. In the, it feels like you're better off staying in the situation rather than the the unknown of trying to leave. And that's that's a really important aspect because when when we look at the current response that's available in Redlands, which is um, a physical incident in the last two weeks, mm. um, and if you don't meet that criteria, you're then not eligible for support. So um, you've oh. made the brave decision to remove yourself and now what happens? So then um, you have to try and find what happens next mm. um, from from a list. Um, so I personally don't think that that's an adequate response for anyone, uh, woman or male, in that kind of crisis atmosphere because you don't make informed decisions and you can't actually carry out... <laughs> very simple instructions when mm. you're in that absolute survival crisis mode. So I think the case management of these very worthy and crisis-ridden, um, I guess, people that, that we see uh, really need that case management support. Now, there's an acute end of, of homelessness, which obviously those specialist agencies are far more adept mm. at providing the referral pathway off to DV Connect and then that um, safety of that client is, is assured. But look, we've had clients that have presented to us in our Homeless United program, for example, that um, have simply just fled the home, haven't connected with a specialist service agency because of the strings that are attached mm -hmm. to that agency, because of the eligibility criteria that you have to achieve, and have lived in a car with their children for weeks, months. Mm. And oh. we've just recently had one father with two children that has been on the run for three years. Wow. So oh. these are real cases. And uh, look, I can recall a lot of them. So um, and, and shocking cases where um, and the other important thing to remember is DV doesn't just affect um, one particular economic socio-demographic it's across all um, areas of, of the, mm. the population so I can recall um, a mum that came into the centre and she had been living in a storage shed with her daughter but nothing had changed in their life so nobody around them actually knew oh that their circumstances were such. So the daughter was still attending school. She was washing herself in a, the, the hand basin at the storage shed and um, that was their life. So these are very real community, your community um, situations that, that have been going on. And shockingly, um, they continue to go along. And I really do feel passionate about helping people and this gap of people um, really need support. And it, uh, I really appreciate you saying that it doesn't matter if you've, you're getting a wage, it doesn't matter what wage you've got, because it does affect every single person, whether you've just won a Grammy Award or whether you're just in the welfare line, it does not matter. It affects everyone. Now... Just to go back to what you were saying before that just threw me for a... a oh. The gentleman 
who was on the run for three years living in his car with his kids. When that man walks in, where do you start? Like, I, I just find that so overwhelming. Where do you begin? So, as I said, the Redland Community Centre has a number of entry uh, pathways and one of those entry pathways, and a lot of the time, is through our Homeless United program. So, uh, we get a lot of referrals into our Homeless United program um, because of the fact that people are are homeless. Mm. But the key presenting cause for that homelessness is their domestic and family violence issue. So then, again, I I look at do we continue to bang our heads against the wall saying, is it the chicken or is it the egg? Or do we actually develop a program to help people in in these circumstances? And and we have chosen to develop a program. So when we look at that, someone will enter through the homeless program. Um, At the first point of um, contact, they may not tell you their full story. And in Mm. fact, they usually don't. And then as they get to know... um, And trust... That's exactly mm. right. As they get to know the program leader, and Horaway is his name, they will then move to trust him and then the story will unfold. When that story unfolds, then we will move um, to provide wraparound supports. So um, counselling if needed, but a lot of the time counselling um, can't be delivered until that client is ready to receive it. So As you can imagine, when you're in crisis with children, the first thing you want is a roof, you want food on the table, then you might consider counselling. Yeah. Yeah? And that's what we do. So um, as part of that, though, then we we refer, if it's an acute case, right at that acute end, we always refer off to the specialist agencies. But if it's in that gap, in that middle, again, um, then we, we rally to support that person. So we will look at housing options. We will then um, advocate strongly for them um, to achieve certain things. When we've got brokerage, we'll provide them with crisis motel accommodation um, and we will work towards, because there is no crisis accommodation in Redlands for um, homelessness. Right. And that's another important aspect for, um, I guess, this this community to realise. So it's it's quite a challenge for um, the Redland Community Centre to provide these supports and we look at a whole of community, um, I guess, response. We don't turn anyone away mm. and we look at trying to provide the best possible um, solution for the crisis that presents. But then we also work with that person to, to, I guess, peel away those onion layers and look at what else they need. Yeah. And I'm just imagining if someone presents and they start the conversation with, I've been on the run for three years. How do you even start to allow that person to feel safe? When they say that they're on the run, it sounds like they've just escaped prison and they're literally being hunted. How do you even begin to assist the the inner peace of that person? I think that as you get to understand what really is domestic and family violence, you will realise that there are many people on the run because they are tracked. They are, um, I guess, 
they move into new accommodation and then they're tracked to that new accommodation. Or, and on average, people return between five to seven times to their perpetrator. Yes. Yes. So they can be lifted from a DV situation. They can be placed into a, um, a new home and they may have a little slip in their judgment or the decision-making process and they trust the perpetrator again. And don't forget that this is a very clever person, mm. this coercive behaviour, and um, they manage to manipulate the person to, to trust them again and then that person comes and visits them and then next minute that cover has been blown and that person's safety is at risk again. And I guess that ties into something that's come up a lot from what I've found about victim blaming mm. and the, you know, the why didn't she just leave and the, you know, why are you going, why are you going back to the person who's, who's doing it? So it's um, that, that side of it, is, again, that's the stigma being laid on. Um, but I'm struggling to wrap my head around why there's so much blame towards the person on the receiving end of it. If, you know, if you, if someone gets shot, you don't, blame the person who got shot so why in a domestic violence situation are we blaming the person who's getting abused, abused and beaten and you know treat it it really dumbfounds me um, but but then again i go back to the way in which the services respond to the domestic and family violence so the the person the the survivor isn't given the life skills isn't given the information isn't given the ability to rebuild that life successfully at that first point so yes they're relocated into a new home mm. but do they fully understand what that is that's a very brave move for anyone i know the first time i moved out of home it was brave um and to have possibility of two children in tow or more and um, then have to build this new life for yourself, that's that's really quite scary at the best of times. And yet this is a person that we know mm. has been manipulated, that we know has had little control over their own life. But now all of a sudden we're expecting them to, here's a new home and uh, we'll give you some counselling and then we'll get on with it. No, that's not good enough. No, I don't think it is. From the ground up. That's right. Teaching them skills. That's exactly right. And so when we look back to look forward, is this the mistakes that we've made? Have we not provided those core skills? Have we not journeyed with that client through that learning process Mm. of how to rebuild their their life yes counseling is hugely important but so are those life skills the the budgeting knowing what your rights are in a tenancy um upskilling to get a job again so mm, can, can we do more yeah i think we can so one of the things we mentioned earlier which we i think we need to explain more is coercive control um and that's sort of in the in the media at the moment so can you give me your understanding of it because i'm still wrapping my head around it look i think it is uh, very in the media at the moment and i i think that um the way in which the legislation has been rolled out certainly is is a great step forward is it is it the magic wand no it's not because it's um it's been a very difficult legislation to roll out and it's going to be very difficult legislation to um 
I guess, for the police to... Actually enforce. Enforce, mm. yes. So, I mean, when you, you look at that, um, we've all had that feeling of walking on eggshells. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. But this is walking on eggshells every moment of every day. Uh, we've, you know, f- constantly feeling on edge um, when that person rings or when that person just being in the house is giving you that really edgy feeling. Um, worried or concerned that anything you do might trigger that person's violent behaviour. And look, we've all seen movies of, you know, the the person that has to keep everything in the pantry lined up with labels at the front. That's exactly the OC- what I thought of. <laughs> and it, we can laugh at it, but it happens. Yeah. And this poor person is... Um, forced into a life of of total regime because of um, a perpetrator who enjoys this kind of um, control over someone so it's 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 that mm. Mm. do you at the redland community center because not how do i word this do abusers ever get counselling and are no longer abusers? Like, do you see people stay together and live together happily in the future through counselling, through understanding, through education? Do people that crave that control ever let it go? Very good question, and I'm probably not the best person to answer that. But what I do know, um, and I'll share with you, is that we all have certain personality types. And the type of personality that grooms and controls and manipulates other people to this extent is usually um, a personality type, a narcissistic personality type, that finds it very difficult to change. We can change our behaviours through learning new behaviours. It's very difficult to change your personality. Mm. Yeah. And I would say almost nearly impossible. Okay. Mm. Okay. Because our personality is something that we're generally born with. Mm. Um, Behaviour is something that we learn. So if you um, are a person that has journeyed through, and this happens a lot for children that are kept in domestic and family violence situations um, for their whole life. So they've learnt behaviour mm-hmm. from both their mother and or father, whoever is um, is, is, is in that, that, that action. So, and I... I I see you going, what does that mean? Um, what it means is that um, for women who are the victims, the girls in that family will learn to be a victim. Uh-huh. The cycle. The the boys in that relationship, if it's a father that's the perpetrator, will learn to be Abuses. the perpetrator. So um, you look at that and I guess as a society, we really need to, to question is it good for us to leave children in domestic and family violence relationships? We all look at a family unit, and rightly so, that is the best place for that child. But at what cost? Mm. Yeah, and, and when the family's that way... Dysfunctional. You, you, yeah, it's, not, it's yeah. not working. It's not going to raise a child that's going to be balanced if, if well, they're it's not. witnessing those a- And when we look at that early intervention, which is now just starting to be looked at, thankfully... Um, we is this early early intervention is this something that again we need to open up 
the topic on and look at are we doing the right thing by these children uh, by leaving them in what we know is quite a dysfunctional family because what we're doing is just perpetrating again and again. It's a vicious cycle. Yes. Mm. Okay, let's, let's take a breather. Can we? I'd like to come back and talk about prevention a little bit more. I think that's a really important part of the conversation. Mm. Um, okay, let's throw to a song um, whew, and just take a moment to exhale. Okay, you're on Rainbow Conversations right here on Bay FM 100.3. Searchlight on Bay FM 100.3. Connect with us by SMS on 0468 86 and we're back on Searchlight Rainbow Conversations. The topic of this evening is domestic violence, if you've just joined us. And we're joined here in the studio by the lovely Alison Wick from the Redlands Community Centre. And I did just get a phone call. Apparently people are emailing in questions. Emailing to where? Exactly. Please, if you have questions about tonight's show, the SMS line is 468 Eight six one double zero three. It comes directly into the studio. If you would like to remain anonymous, we are very happy to keep you anonymous. Please just put that in the message. Mm. But that number again: o four six eight eight six one double zero three. And we did have a message um, come in from a listener um, who wanted to remain anonymous, who said. On the the topic we the last talk break we spoke about how there's no um, shelters in in the Redlands for um, crisis 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 yeah. shelters and they said that there's a, a Maybank Association that is based in the Redlands and I said Alison. Do you know about them? Yes. Yes, we do. And look, Maybank is, is a great association. Unfortunately, they don't um, receive uh, DV clients from Redlands into their Redlands facility um, because of safety reasons. So the clients that are in that facility, and that's what I've been told by a number mm-hmm. of their staff, are staff that are from outside the Redlands that are located in Redlands because it um, achieves a, a greater safety standard. Okay, so like you were saying, people from the Redlands that you would have relocated to far north Queensland to be safe. So, um, as, as an example, yeah. those those acute c- cases mm. um, that present at the specialist DV um, service are then referred to DV Connect, and DV Connect locate them in the Brisbane CBD as a crisis response, so yep. crisis motel response, and then from there uh, they're then put into refuge and it's my understanding that that refuge is at Toowoomba or far north Queensland. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, Toowoomba's a nice place. Yes, it is. It's it's not the Redlands though. Um, And it's also a long way from family, supports, schools, services. I guess if if you're talking about having your entire family uprooted, it's... It's, it's pretty massive, it's isn't really, it? It's yeah. huge. And mm. I guess that sort of does lead to the fear of not wanting to um, make that jump. Um, yes. And one of the other really shocking statistics is most of the people who are unfortunately murdered when they're in a domestic situation is when they're trying to leave the domestic situation, which really doesn't help that, that fact. That's why there's all this moving, moving by stealth yes. um, that, ha- that has to happen. 
And it's at that time of, of leaving uh, that is the most, the, the highest risk mm-hmm. for those cl- for that family. And you've seen that in the media. It's been pretty, um, yeah. pretty awful, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we were discussing before about prevention. Do you feel like if if we had a better program for actual children about human respect that this would get for example that this would get ahead of abuse abusive adults do you think that it's that a is that a possibility well when you look back and i i always look back at what has worked and I know it's off topic, but when we look back at the amount of smokers and teenage smokers that we had um, Australia-wide a few years ago, and there was a program that was rolled out at early intervention, and now we have children saying to their parents, oh, why do you smoke? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, a valid one. So I think early intervention works given that it's the the program is rolled out and directed towards the correct age group and it's a, a content worthy um, program and we've seen a couple of those programs rolled out just recently that that weren't that way in relation oh. to um, I guess um, education for teenagers but I think that that program has worked successfully and we've now got children almost educating parents about the unhealthy um, habit of smoking. So do we think it can work? Maybe, possibly. Okay, Mm. Okay, so there's hope. There's always hope. There's always hope. There always has to be hope, yeah. Excellent point. (laughs) Right, um, what other topics are we getting out to now? So I guess... We're, the main reason we're having tonight is that it is Domestic Violence Prevention Prevention Month here in Queensland, and there's been a few events um, right here in the Redlands. So um, there's been a couple of candlelight vigils for those who have survived um, domestic violence and those who unfortunately have not. Um, Tony and I did uh, go along to the Wynnum um, uh, yeah. candlelight vigil down at the um, Pandanus Beach that was run by um, local member Joan Peace. And that was really wonderful to get to talk to um, different people so who had been, been affected by this topic. And I was really um, happy to see that the uh, local school Iona had hundreds of, them, or maybe not hundreds, but, but... There was a there lot was of busloads school of kids, children. School kids there, and they were you know, lighting candles, they were listening and they were talking, and, and that... You know, ties back into what you were just saying, Alison, about um, education and having having these boys go. Okay, right, this is a really big problem. We need to need to do it and talk about it. So I think that's um, it's it's a really positive step forward. But we have so many different organisations we're going to talk about um, later. Should we start listing them off now? Or do you want to leave that for? I want to leave that a little bit for the Rainbow Roundup at the end of the okay. program. Um, my next question is about, well, because of the LGBTQ Domestic Violence Awareness Day. 28th of May. That is on the 28th of May. I would like to ask if the Redland Community Centre, do you have many people from the Rainbow community coming to the centre? Look, I think that's the the most beautiful thing about uh, Redland Community Centre is that we welcome everyone 
in the community and we are a centre that supports all of the community um, from literally homeless to housed, youth to aged and every demographic in between. So that I think is is the the most beautiful thing about the centre. Um, We embrace everyone um, for all that they are and all that they want to be. So the answer to that is yes, we do have um, the rainbow community accessing our programs. Um, We're very happy to set up programs for the rainbow community. If anyone out there is interested, Mm -hmm. um, I've tried to set up a a group um, for the community, but that didn't quite take off. Um, some years ago, um, but we're very happy to take on the community's ideas and suggestions and uh, run with whatever is needed out there. So, and when we talk about Wynnum, um, we've just got the Wynnum Community Place that's opened up, mm-hmm. uh, 154 and Bay Terrace, and we are trying to connect with a uh, service over there in the DV um, arena, the DV sector, to better assist referral pathways for that um, those acute presentations. So anyone out there, um, please feel free to connect with me. And how can people connect with you? Very happy for people to shoot me an email at ceo at redlandcommunitycentre.org. And if people want to visit the um, Redland Community Centre, where are you located? At 29 Lorraine Street in Capalabar. And it's really conveniently located, especially for those DV clients, because it's between two shopping centres. I think I know. We're just near... Yep. Um, the bus the, the main The main bus yep. terminal. Okay, excellent. So it's also easy access. And we get a lot of clients that have come over from Simbi, so um, the Simbi Islands, Russell, Lamb, um, Maclay Islands, and they can get a bus directly to us okay. and, and access um, emergency relief. So part of, I guess, being able to support... Um, DV clients in those wraparound supports is food because it's a basic requirement. Yep. So we can do that. Uh, we provide food for people and we provide uh, when funds are available, which at the moment we don't have. We've been absolutely quadrupled um, in need over the last six weeks. Um, okay, that's interesting because I've, in the budget, wasn't there a large amount thrown at domestic violence? We don't receive any of that funding we're not a funded dv center okay even though so, you're doing good work in that field because yes. that's okay so we run a counseling program over five days a week we've done that for the last four years and that's an unfunded program we don't get any money to run that program um, and all of the counselors um, in that program are volunteers and i've oh, had wow. a counselor with me um, two actually for nearly the whole entire duration So I'm going to give a call out to Bill and um, Dee for their fantastic community work. So that program, five days a week, um, delivers hundreds of thousands of dollars to this community in free counselling. Wow. Which is so important. The the power of actually talking about issues is so underrated. Oh, look, and and that that, um, that counselling framework that's used is for some people more beneficial than a psychiatrist or psychologist um, because it's just different frameworks that are used. No one is better than the other. I'm not saying that, but it just connects with people in a more um, friendly way. Because you don't get state or funding, can how if people would like to help the Redland Community Centre by donating either funds or their time or would like to volunteer. 
how would they get in, t- in touch or how do they donate? I just want to um, make it clear that the centre does receive state government funding to actually run the centre, which doesn't facilitate even the wages of the staff there. Um, So I just want to make sure the actual counselling program is is not funded at all. So if people would like to help, um, we have a QR code that they can look up our Facebook page. They can snap that and they can put in there any particular cause or project that they'd like to support be it DV, be it counselling, be it homeless, um, anything they'd like, and 100% of that money would go straight towards that cause or project. We don't take anything out of donations for administration or operational costs. Okay, which is not the case with all... It's charity not the case or, not with at all. all. Charity yeah. Yeah. And I did see That's on amazing. your on your website, redlandscommunitycentre.org, there is a donations button there and a volunteer button there. So I'm guessing yes. another place yeah. people can go and check it out. So, And we're always um, on the lookout for wonderful volunteers. We, we have an absolute family of volunteers. And in fact, this Wednesday, we've got an event happening to celebrate Volunteer Week. Our family of volunteers is so important to us because literally we couldn't roll out our programs without them. So they're always led by a paid uh, staff member, but um, a lot of our programs like Emergency Relief are led day-to-day and delivered by volunteers. So, Is it it Volunteer mm. Week this week, is it? I didn't know. Yes. Okay, well, we should know because we're all volunteers here at Bay FM as well. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Volunteer high five. You should come along to our event. Oh, yeah. Or, or, or yeah. Love, love a good event. Yes. <laughs> and finally, unless Jasper's got another question. I can just keep going. I know. Just like, there's so much, to, so much to talk about. We do, we do are on a time frame. So, mm. um, well, and look, can I just give a shout out to yes, um, Star Community um, Services? So they're running a volunteer expo this Saturday down at Raby Bay, the marina there. And a lot of services, including Redland Community Centre, will be there fundraising and but also giving people an opportunity to get to know the services and um, purchase some really yummy food. We've got nachos going on there um, and that's been proudly sponsored by the Private Chefs of Brisbane. And um, yeah, find out more about us. We've got some goodie bags there to hand out to promote what we do and how we do it. So head on down between 10 and Seven, I think it's running too. On two. Saturday. On Saturday, the 22nd. Down, down at Raby Bay yeah. Park. Okay. Yeah, just at the marina there near yep. the restaurant precinct. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We know the area. Plans well, um, for Saturday. Yeah, there you go. I'm going for some nachos. That's <laughs> what I'm doing. You, you won Tony over at nachos. Yes. <laughs> now, well, I, I'm just thinking when, like on a personal level, when you start with someone, you meet someone, they are riddled with fear, anxiety, for an example, on the run. And then the the centre educates, assists, and then they're free, for lack of a better term. How does that make you feel? Does that, does that just like, you know, on one side... It's a terrible situation, but you've helped someone live. We kind of had this conversation before we started. Yeah. <laughs> and we said we wouldn't get emotional. Oh, sorry. Um, oh. No, that's okay. But I think when someone says to me, what is my greatest achievement? It is um, literally helping a very special person 
to to live their life and that person knows who they are they actually lead our homeless program and they were in a really difficult situation so the why for me is the reason I do what I do it's not about the money gee it's not about the money (laughs) um and it's 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 really I've never worked harder um but the rewards are so amazing because you literally get to change people's lives you're an incredible human being you're an incredible human being i needed to say that twice but look it's a team effort my team are amazing yeah they really are and redland community center doesn't do this alone Um, We refer out to a range of different organisations and we all wrap around for that person's support. So um, I think that we all need to congratulate Redland community for what they do and how they do it. Um, And again, without the support of amazing people and volunteers and donations that we get, we couldn't do half of what we do. So Mm. we need to say thank you. And we would like to say thank you for being here this evening and sharing your story with us. Thank it's you. Much appreciated. It's been thank my you. pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, and I'll see you on Saturday. Good. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll be there serving up the nachos. <laughs> right. I mean, absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much again, um, Alison, for being here this evening. Um, The Redland Community Centre, we will give all the information when we put this up on podcast. That will certainly be part of the post. Mm -hmm. And we're going to um, have a song break. Yes. And then we're going to come back and we are going to go through a lot of different organisations and a couple of events. And talk about a very important um, television show. Yes. Yes. Something that's happening at the moment that might be good to watch. Yeah. It's, um, It's a bit hard to swallow the show, but we'll, we're going to talk about it next, right here on Rainbow Conversations. Searchlight Rainbow Conversations with Tony and Jasper on Bay FM 100.3. Hello, I'm Sharon, President of Bay FM. Domestic violence. Are we willing to accept it? Domestic and family violence impacts us all. Wives, husbands, children, families, neighbours and communities. Entire communities. In an emergency, please always contact triple zero. But if you're aware of any potential situations, there are other agencies who can assist. The Blue Knot Foundation offers counselling for adult survivors of childhood trauma, their friends, family and the healthcare professionals who support them. Contact Blue Knot on one 657 380 The Quentin Bryce Inquiry says, Not now. Not ever, never say no to domestic violence. And with small steps, we can end the terror at home. Another community service message from Bay FM, the heart and soul of the Bay. Searchlight on Bay FM 100.3. Connect with us by SMS on 0468 86 1003. You're on Rainbow Conversations right here on Bay FM with... Myself, Tony. And I'm um, Jasper. Thanks for joining us tonight. It's um, a very heavy conversation, but it is very important to have this conversation. Incredibly um, important. And we're very thrilled to um, have that chat with Alison. She was just 
so wonderful, very knowledgeable and um, very passionate about helping people, which is what we need more of, um, for sure. Next up, we are going to talk about the upcoming LGBTQ Domestic Violence Awareness Day. Yes. Um, But first, we're going to talk about a program that I've come across in research for this program. It actually um, uh, came onto my radar because one of our lovely listeners um, heard that we were doing this domestic violence conversation and um, made a point of letting me know about it. It's an SBS program called See What You Made Me Do. It's a three-part documentary that is absolutely revolutionary in the way they're approaching the topic of domestic violence. And there's two parts out at the moment. They aired the last two Wednesdays. The next, the last final part will air this coming Wednesday. They're available on ABC iView up until May in 2022. So you got time to watch that. Um, it's not light, but it's, it, it's real. I have to say, when you showed me that first episode, I got about 12 seconds in and then I went, stop. It was another one of those moments where I thought, how did I not know? How how important is this message that everyone knows it? Mm. And so tonight we are going to play a little bit of the trailer. I will say it is very full on. Just a little warning. It only goes for just over two minutes. But... I just, it's so important, these conversations to have. And that TV show is beautifully put together. I'm very much looking forward to part three. And it is really um, something that everyone should see, find out more about. Um, It's um, written by, or uh, narrated by um, an investigative journalist, Jess Hill, um, who's been talking on this subject of domestic violence for a long time, and um, she she knows her stuff. She she's not um, not shying away, and mm. the um, the stories that are on that are real and they're local and they're important. Yeah. So um, I think we play the play the clip, Tony, and um, then we'll come back and we'll have a bit more of a chat about it. Absolutely. And what's happened there, sir? Uh, I've killed my part, uh, my ex-partner. So you've killed your ex-partner? I'm pretty sure she's dead, yeah. Yep, she's not moving at all. So I'm pretty sure she's dead. There are people around us whose lives are not what they seem. They walk among us but carry an invisible burden. They are victims of domestic abuse, well over three million adults and children in this country. And there's no question that it's a crisis. A mother of three was killed in an axe attack just a week after... Jane Robertson decided Katie Haley wasn't allowed to leave him, so he bashed her to death with an iron bar. Believed Hannah Clark's estranged husband doused her and their young children in petrol and then set fire to the car they were in. Too often, a case of family violence is only exposed when a victim is killed. I 
The vast majority of people will never report to police. You're just too scared to ask questions. Whatever he do, you don't ask questions. And most abusers won't be held accountable. She left a man, she paid for it with her life. The visions of what I imagined he did to her, they stopped me from sleeping. It's one of the most important stories going on in this country right now, and one of the most urgent problems for us to solve. And it is solvable but not until we understand what it looks like. Victims of domestic abuse are mostly just like you and me. They fall in love and they hope for the best. All I was trying to do was shut her up, you know? The story is always the same. He wanted to know her whereabouts at all times. And I just snapped, said to her, see what you made me do. Certainly not an easy watching television show but it is an important important information and it's been it's been done with justice too it's, it's not you know glamorizing it um or dramatizing it it is just this is what is happening and and that's where i learned um about the, the shopping centers um where they have the, the little um, kiosk where people can go and discreetly go and find out information. Um, I learned a lot about the technological aspects of it. With the they literally show these two guys, the ex police, and their job is to debug people's cars before they go to a refuge. Otherwise, the perpetrator knows where they are because they've bugged their car and the, it's or, or yeah. put software on their phone. And these guys go into homes and remove cameras, and it was it was. Eye-opening. Um, Seeing the footage of those gentlemen, whose their entire business is helping people flee domestic violence situations. And because it's that much of a problem. It's basically. that much of a problem. Yeah. <clears throat> Look, finding them, you know, uh, watching them find the tracking markers in the kids' teddy bears and the cameras in the air vents and the cameras in the air conditioning and... It's a horror film. Mm. But um, Jess Hill, who is in that... Um, yes. She's got an upcoming event. She's got an upcoming event. And because um, I found this via her Facebook page, um, she is doing a, uh, a talk with Kerry O'Brien at uh, the Griffith University. And this is on the 27th of May, and it's called A Better future for all and highly highly recommend that if you are interested in this topic go and check it out mm. she jess hill switched on human being i believe in the la the episode coming up uh, this wednesday they're going to be talking about what's happening in scotland because they're doing um it's been on for a few years now. They've they've completely changed the way the police interact with domestic violence situations, and they've got all these new abilities to get information. And every every time there's a call out to a house, they they can access more information and and get find out um, banking records and things like that to find out people are actually being controlled and see see what's going on. So uh, I'm not doing it justice very well, but tune in Wednesday, find out more and see what's, see what's going on. Yeah. Another great thing that's happening in the field of um, domestic violence uh, prevention 
is you might have heard of it um, talked about on Bay FM. It's the Bay Songs 2020 CD. There's still some out in the. I just went out and checked. There's still out some out at the uh, front reception. You can um, come into Radio House during office hours and purchase a CD. It's only ten dollars. It's original. Um, artists that have submitted songs and all the proceeds go to helping domestic violence groups right here in the Redlands. So double win. You can also go to the website bayfm.org.au and download it there. It's only $10 um, from any of the places that you find it and the, the, yeah, the, the, the proceeds are helping yeah. the area and this particular topic. And we've just had some really good questions SMS through, mm. but that would be so much more appropriate for Alice because they they are um, questions directed towards Alison. Okay. Yeah, missed it by that much. So close. Yes. Um, really well worded questions as well. You know, well, when you is to, the do you read them or do you when to... is the best time to start the educational process in schools about this topic? Look, I think get them younger. <laughs> Again, better for Alison. Yeah. Mm. Um, and what does Alison do to care for herself when she works in such a high stressful situation? I'd recommend white wine. Well, <laughs> yes, right. but we don't want to take people towards no alcohol. So the other event coming up on the 28th of May is the LGBTQ Domestic Violence Awareness Day. And yes. in the promo for this program, we have mentioned why do we need an Awareness Day for LGBTQ domestic violence? The vast majority of people experiencing domestic violence are women experiencing it from men, but it's in the community in all aspects, as Alison did say, and it's it's in the LGBTQ community, um, and it's remaining very invisible because there's less reporting, and like we mentioned earlier, there's a, there's, there can be a an issue with um, stigma towards police treatment, and there can be a, an assumption that the support networks that are available because they basically are dealing mostly with women suffering domestic violence at the hands of men, that they're not set up to deal with same-sex and gender-diverse couple people, and that's not true. They really have been doing more and more work in this area, so it is um, it is being pushed forward. So the, the hashtag for that Awareness Day is Seen and Believed, which aims to shed light on this Prevention Day for domestic violence in the LGBTQ communities, making it visible for the victims and letting the LGBTQ victims and survivors know that they are seen and believed and that there are people out there that will support them. They're looking at advocating for the support and empowerment of the LGBTQ survivors of domestic violence and recognising that LGBTQ survivors can give hope and courage to those currently experiencing domestic violence. It's very poignant because there was an incident... Um, didn't make much news presence, but it was last Tuesday down in Sydney. There was a 42-year-old man had a fight with his 39-year-old partner and um, 
the 39-year-old partner ended up being murdered in this in this domestic violence situation um, in in a in a car park where they were they were having a fight and you know it, it's you know it is literally happening right now. Um, I think there was something on the news today. It was an incident that happened. Uh, I believe it was yesterday, but it made the news today. Um, yeah, a gentleman was released after his partner had um, called the police. Mm. He was again. I've only read a very quick article on it, so mm-hmm. you know I don't know all the details. Um, but I believe he was released from prison. Uh, it's not prison, but he was released. Custody. And, yeah, thank you. Custody is the word I'm looking for. And then um, went straight to the house where his partner was living and burnt it to the ground. And there were no... Thankfully, the two injuries. women inside the house did escape unharmed. But that's... And I think it just underlines the point why... Domestic Violence Awareness Month yeah. is so important to get this prevention happening, get get this conversation moved forward. Um, I mean, look, there's resources available aplenty. Some of them are even like checklists, that relationship checklists that you can... Really? Yep, and look, you can... It, it's a good way to get someone who is on the outside and you see that someone's clearly in... A problematic situation you can then go hey read this through and you, you know questions like you know does your partner humiliate you call you names make fun of you in ways that is designed to hurt you threaten you threaten um threaten to out you to the family or colleagues prevent you from attending lgbt events um have sudden outbursts of anger act overprotective and become jealous and basically you know it's it's a good gateway to to do that so if you Look, look for the resources. They're available um, for the signs, signs of domestic violence, and that's a good way for other people to get in, get involved. Absolutely. Shall we go to a song before we do the Rainbow Roundup, which that's... is everything that's happening? We're going to sort of recap um, a lot of the organisations that we've talked about this evening. Um, yeah, we've got some. Uh, so that'll be a good time to get uh, pen and paper down because there are some numbers. Um, for different different organisations. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we're going to chat about a few events that are coming up. Okay. Lovely. We'll be right back. Um, we're going to, going to actually have a song now from uh, the domestic violence episode of Glee. It's amazing what the power of television and movies has to talk about these subjects. Mm-hmm. Um and especially in that particular episode, the woman that was being controlled and uh, verbally and at times physically abused was the toughest woman in the TV show. Oh. They went completely against stereotype. She was the scary woman. She was the, the tough woman. And she was the one being abused at home. And... I just, it. this song came to me this afternoon and I went, this is the song. This is the song that we'll have to play tonight. Cool. Please so, play it, um, after a couple of little sponsors, uh, we'll hear the Glee version of Katy Perry's song, Wide Awake. Mm-hmm. 
You're listening to Searchlight on Bay FM 100.3. Hello, I'm Sharon, President of Bay FM. Domestic violence. Are we willing to accept it? Domestic and family violence impacts us all. Wives, husbands, children, families, neighbours and communities. Entire communities. In an emergency, please always contact triple zero. But if you're aware of any potential situations, there are other agencies who can assist. Men's Line Australia is available 24-7 with telephone and online support and information services for Australian men and boys who are dealing with family and relationship difficulties. Call 1300 789 978. The Quentin Bryce Inquiry says, Not now. Not ever. Never. Say no to domestic violence. And with small steps, we can end the terror at home. Another community service message from Bay FM, the heart and soul of the Bay. You're on Rainbow Conversations right here on Bay FM 100.3 with Tony and Jasper. Oh, well, we've had a big evening. It's um, it's been an emotional roller coaster with the well, obviously a heavy topic, um, huge uh, problem that we are highlighting, and then the beautiful support that is out there, and there are people just dedicating everything they do to, to this help. to this, and you know, people who have have been affected by it and are going right. Well, let's let's stop this circle of violence. Yeah. Uh, and look, we probably could have kept going on different different aspects of it, um, but it's time for a bit of a roundup, and we're going to talk about some of the services. So, like we mentioned earlier, if you're in an immediate issue, or immediate situation where you need help, call the police on triple zero. Otherwise, there are lots of other agencies that can help. Um, there's DV Connect. Um, they have two different numbers. They have a women's line, which is 1-800-811-811. They also have a men's line, which is 1-800-600-636. Um, with a note there that if um, you are gender diverse, intersex, or don't or non-binary, you can call whichever one you feel comfortable with, and they can use your appropriate pronouns. And uh, they can DV Connect can help with crisis accommodation and people that have English as their second language. That's pretty. Uh, pretty. It's very important. Em- encompassing there. Yep. Yeah. There's a Centre for Women, which is a, a local uh, group, which are very good for people who are um, women getting away from bad situations. That's then contact them on 3050-3060. There's also the Blue Knot Foundation. Their phone number is 1300-657-380. And that foundation is for counselling for survivors of childhood trauma. There's 1-800-RESPECT, 1-800-737-732. And they're an all-encompassing group that can help you with domestic violence situations. And sexual assault. Okay. Yes. Uh, The Australian 
Childhood Foundation, where you can get free counselling for children and young people affected by abuse, and their phone number is 1800 176 453. There's the Women's DV line for domestic violence. It's an Australian-wide number, 1-800-007-339. The same organisation has a dedicated men's line, 1-800-000-599. They can get you in the right direction with support, counselling and services. And there's also Relationships Australia. And they have support groups and counselling and counselling for abused and abusive partners, which I think that's very important. If someone is an abusive partner and they can recognise it and they want to get help so they stop their own behaviour, um, that phone number is one three hundred three six four two double seven. And with the fact that 95% of domestic violence is uh, committed by men, there is a def- uh, men's referral service called No to Violence, um, and it's a good way to get, get steps to uh, breaking that cycle of um, violent behaviour. Their number is one three hundred seven six six four nine one. 766 And if you would like to... Get more information on the Redland Community Centre. Their website is redlandcommunitycentre.org. And on that website, you can either become a volunteer, you can become a member, you can donate um, donate to their very important uh, organisation. And, um, and they have a lot of information of all the services that they provide on that website, redlandcommunitycentre.org. There's also the Women's Info Link, which is a really good um, phone number to call and get pointed in the right direction of services in your area. That's 1-800-177-577. Now, we will put all the information for all of those services on the podcast when this goes up on the website, bayfm.org.au. And for that information on that um, program we spoke about earlier, um, See What You Made Me Do, that's on SBS. Um, on demand. Be, it'll be on um, SBS this coming Wednesday from 7.30, or it'll be on SBS On Demand um, up until mm. uh, May next year. So really worth checking out, and um, I, I think that should be shown in high schools to everyone to, to shock them into um, yes. changing things. Um, and, that, and that goes back to one of the great questions we had sent in. When do we start the education for young people? Yeah, it's, it is important. Yeah. Um, it's that, never too early to teach respect. That event that we spoke about earlier, um, that is at it's the Star Community Service and Volunteers for the Redlands, um, celebrating National Volunteer Week. It's this Saturday, the 22nd of May, from 2 p.m. till 7 p.m., and it's at um, the Little Bayside, or the, uh, the Manly Marina. Yeah. Whoops. Raby Bay Marina. Raby um, Bay. 146 Shore Street, Raby Bay, um, at the Harbour Park in Cleveland. And they've got a pile of events uh, kicking off from two. There'll be bands, there'll be music, there'll be um, a heap of different organisations there. And you can check it out. It's going to be worthwhile. We'll definitely be there. So if you see, yes. see people in Bay FM shirts, come say hello. Yeah, 
It's always appreciative. And I think that's everyone that we've got written down. That's look and honestly that is the tip of the iceberg for very much so. um for this sector. There I mean look we're talking some very local ones but um every state has more there's you know some of those numbers are very broad and general and they can point you in the right direction and um they're all working on being all inclusive for everyone in the rainbow community as well so um don't be shy and you don't just have to be um personally affected by domestic violence you can you know it could be your neighbor your friend someone you know um get information on their behalf it does not hurt that way you can if you before you go trying to help someone if you've got your information in the right order you'll know what to do you'll know what to say there's so much information available to help with that and the last song that we're going to have this evening before we close out the program is going to be by Florence and the Machine it's called Shake It Out and it has the poignant lyric of it's always darkest before the dawn the dawn being life and every single human on this planet deserves to live a beautiful and joyous life but too many of them never make it to the dawn they are casualties and lost in the darkness never able to see their children grow never able to see another day so if it wasn't clear we here at Rainbow Conversations and everyone here at Bay FM says no to all kinds of domestic violence. And with education and small steps in the right direction, we can end this terror at home. I've been Tony. And I've been Jazz. And we'll see you next month on Rainbow Conversations on Bay FM. Searchlight Rainbow Conversations with Tony and Jasper on Bay FM 100.3.